So I think we wouldn't admit to mm. believing lies in our marriage, but if we look at how we function and maybe some of the hard tension-filled <laughs> moments, mm. they are undoubtedly rooted with some lies that we're believing, either about marriage, about our spouse, um, about our expectations and what expectations we should have. And so today we're going to talk about a few of those lies uh, that we might be functioning under and then how what truths come with those and how truth really does reign and how it is powerful enough to not only dispel those lies but really illuminate how we should live in light of, of awesome. knowing the truth so all right with that said we'll see you on the other side welcome to the fierce marriage podcast where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage sex communication finances priorities purpose and everything in between Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. If we if we look at Scripture, even this idea of buying a lie goes all the way back to Genesis 3, right? In the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. Genesis 3, you know, in, in the fall, right? Yes. Whenever Eve believed the lies and Adam complicitly believed the lies. <laughs> yep. He is not innocent and we are not innocent in believing those lies in terms of just the gospel. Right. Um, and anytime we talk about faith with each other, you know, we, we profess, you know, Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Uh, and we have salvation, but sanctification takes time. It takes the rest of our lives. That's the other part of the gospel is that mm. we're not just perfect all of a sudden. Uh, we're perfect positionally, but we're not perfect like here and now in terms of our ability to live out because we still are living flesh and spirit. Like there's that. So there's always, we have to continually remind each other of these truths that we have as a birthright in the gospel, born again people who are co-heirs with Christ, mm -hmm. we have these truths that are now ours, but there's what we call enemy outposts in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Little areas that we're allowing the gospel to not reign. We're allowing lies to reign in mm -hmm. those areas. So anyway, we're, we've uh, we've got a list of lies that we find common in our own marriage, and we found other couples struggle with as well. <laughs> so we'll talk about those today. It's going to be a good conversation. Uh, but first, uh, the housekeeping as usual. Uh, thank you so much for those who have rated. If you haven't given us a rating on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice, please uh, take a few seconds to do that. It means a ton to us. It does help us get the word out. Um, just hit that star rating. It takes a few seconds. If you feel compelled to write a uh, comment or a review, that's helpful as well. But thank you so much for those of you ha who have done it. It's been mm. very, very helpful. Uh, secondly, if you want to support this podcast, uh, you can do that now through patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Uh, if you're not aware, Patreon's a website that allows creators like us to connect with listeners like you uh, to support the the people who are creating this content. And mm -hmm. that, of course, being us, we now have an amazing uh, podcast producer, Kyla, mm -hmm. who's been doing an incredible job. Um, she she is just so helpful, but it allows us to pay her. Uh, so she's not doing it for free. It allows <laughs> us to do the editing and everything and all the hardware and software that goes into this without having to do ads. And we believe it's the most biblical approach. So anyway, if you're passionate about seeing God's plan for marriage, God's will for marriage, uh, seeing Christian married couples really flourish in light of God's word, then uh, we would love to partner with you. Mm -hmm. Patreon.com slash Fierce Marriage. And lastly, if you do hear anything that prompts a question, please ask, and you can do so one of three ways. I'll try to remember all three ways. Um, you can call or text us 971-333-1120. You can also go mm. on our website. Is it under podcast? Yeah. 
fiercemarriage.com slash podcast. I just wish you cared. There's a form there. I knew there was a form, but I want to be clear (laughs) on where to go. I'm just giving you a hard time. I know. There you go. Talking over me again. Yeah, talking over me again. I always get in trouble for that. (laughs) Anyway. All right. We're learning, people. You know, we're learning how to communicate. If you listen to us talk in our own house, we... We have very lively conversations where we talk kind of, it's, it's, I'll call it we're layered. We're layering our, our dialogue. It's not like Selena says something, pause. Ryan says something, And yet we're pause. trying to teach our kids how to not interrupt and like listen to <laughs> each like, other. They're like, we're just doing what you do. <laughs> we're modeling that very well. In so it makes for a fun conversation. We just did it again. It makes for fun conversation. I did it again. I'm sorry. But it's not fun to listen to. So we're working on that on the podcast for you guys. <laughs> so we're not perfect. All right. So we are talking about this idea and these of lies that we kind of believe mm-hmm. either explicitly or implicitly mm-hmm. in our marriage and even more importantly, the truths that dispel them. Mm. And so I don't know what, Selena, this I think was one of your one of your ideas to cover. And I'm just curious, kind of what what's behind this or what what's the heart? Well, I was there? reading this book by Nancy Lee DeMoss, who's just a, a awesome speaker and writer. And she's, she's, it's an oldie, but a goodie. It's lies that women believe and the truth that sets them free. And she was just talking about in the intro and everything about, um, how people have a woman came to her and was like, believe in this lie th- that she just, you know, she was had a struggle since she was young. She didn't get into the particulars of it, but she'd had a, a struggle with something with sin and she couldn't shake it. She'd done the accountability thing. She'd done like treatment, all this stuff. And then it wasn't until she um, was talking with an older mentor that she under, she, the mentor asked her, what lie are you believing in this situation? And cause she's like, I've, I, I would succeed, but I know that deep in my heart, I would just fail again. And she said the, that once she dispelled the lie with the power of God's word and the truth, mm, wow. and she understood like the truth, the absolute truth, that is what set her free. And I think that sometimes maybe we underestimate God's word and we see it more as, again, him trying to smash our happiness or limit us, right, in some ways. But really it's instruction for mm. for abundant life and for living out his purposes for our marriage and for our lives. And so just, I think that there's so many lies that I myself operate under that I'm not even really aware of. And so that's kind of where this episode came from, because I think that there are a lot of lies we may say, oh, I don't believe that in my marriage. But if you look at how you function and you look at where the areas of tension are, you would actually probably more often than not subscribe to these lies, um, just maybe not in your mind, but you are functionally working them out in your relationship yeah well that's so true i mean we think about god's word um and kind of western culture Mm -hmm. right and how our tendency is to just kind of have our bible in our back pocket so to speak and that whenever i just need um a boost right Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna like you know get that boost this is gonna be my little motivational life handbook Mm -hmm. and i think um a lot of times the lies that we believe happen because we're we're misinformed We, we aren't students of God's word mm. nor and and even if we are students a lot of times our sin nature and even just our being misinformed keeps us from actually believing these truths because it, like I said we don't know them or we just frankly we just don't actually believe they're mm-hmm. true mm-hmm. and so there's some really subtle ways and really kind of not so subtle ways yeah that these work themselves out in marriage and I think they affect the life of our marriage they affect our um I guess our lives as Christian people or as just people made in the image of God and how well or, or well 
or poorly we reflect his character mm. uh, and we, we're molded into the image of of Jesus, right? Yeah. So dispelling some of these lies really starts with understanding, you know, the purpose and the context of marriage, mm. you know, and we talk a lot about the purpose of marriage, a lot about, um, you know, things that are in the context of marriage. And again, these, a lot of these lies will fall under some of those, those reasons, you know, um, mm. and there's, a, there's previous podcasts, of course, that will, um, explain a lot more. Um, like the power yeah. and joy of living on mission as a couple. That was probably one of the most... That's the name of the episode. That's the name of the episode. Sorry. Yes. That's and, the most pervasive. Yeah. Yeah. And so the power and joy of living on mission, what does it mean to actually... We answer the question of what does it mean to live, quote unquote, on mission as a couple? Because that's something that we talk about a lot. And to, to know that, we have to know two things. We have to know our mission as people, as individuals, people called into the family of, of God. Mm-hmm people commissioned by Christ into the work mm-hmm. of his hands and by the work of the church here on, in, in this life. And, and so there's that mission. And there's also the mission of marriage. How has God created marriage unique? And therefore, how are we to carry out our God-given mission within the context of our marriage as mm-hmm. a couple with unity and joy? Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot there. And so instead of unpacking all that again, Please go back and listen to The Power and Joy of Living on Mission as a Couple. I think it's like three or four or five episodes back. And that will give you kind of a foundation for what Selena was saying and where we're going in terms of these, a lot of these lies arise from not understanding your actual mission. Yes. Right. So So. jumping into these lies, we have, what is it, 10 or 11 of them? We'll try to get through 11 well, of them. Well, I think we'll, we'll cherry pick a few. Cause, okay. <laughs> cause there, some of them are redundant. We just kind of did a brain dump here. But this first one. Well, yeah. You like the, yeah. It's, <laughs> I, well, I like, I don't like the lie, but I, no. I think it's very relevant, yes. I should say. And I, to it's, our culture. It's the lie yeah. is that there's only one right person for me to marry. And this is not something that your best friend will call you up and say, you know what? There's only one right person to marry and I don't have him <laughs> or I don't, I didn't marry her. Right, right. Right. It's, that's not something that's, I mean, maybe your friend would do that. Maybe you make that phone call, but the bottom, I think it's one of the, it's more subtly believed mm-hmm. by in us our hearts, in yeah. our hearts because, yeah. and here's what I mean is that if we, if we believe this kind of deep down, then we're, whenever our marriage gets uncomfortable, we'll think, oh man, I knew it. I knew I, knew I shouldn't have married Selena. Like I just knew it was a mistake, but now I'm trapped. So I got And so that's a that's going to affect every aspect of like how you communicate, how you reconcile mm-hmm. your hope and reconciliation. And let me just tell you that your soulmate, that's the soulmate is a like the mainstream idea of having a soulmate is a myth, but the biblical idea of having a soulmate is this: your soulmate is the per- is the person you're married to. <laughs> and and I think we get in we get into soulmate. Uh, when we talk about soulmate stuff, I think it's important to understand the the terms we're using. When we say soulmate, right? That's the it's not just this fairy tale idea that this, this some long lost person you somehow find your destiny has brought you <laughs> together, and now you have this perfect fairy tale marriage. No, I believe a soulmate is somebody that your soul is intertwined with. You you two have become one flesh, and the right. soulmate only exists the moment after you're you've, you're married and you've consummated your marriage, right. and it becomes a union holy before God. And that is your soulmate. Well, and we, when we understand, again, the purpose of marriage, and we understand um, that marriage is not just about being happy and having a, a permanent, like, 
what is it called? <laughs> Roommate <laughs> or something. Right. Yeah, somebody to just like share life with. But the purpose, like God brought us together in order for us to be sanctified by each other mm-hmm. as well. And so that's, that's, there's going to be a lot of heat and uncomfortableness <laughs> and clashing because again, we live, we're living out of covenant. We're living out of understanding that we are committed to each other through thick and thin, not when it gets, not when it gets hard. That's when we really lean into our covenant and knowing that it's this question of, oh, oh, I married the wrong person. This is getting too hard. I knew I should have married that ex, or I knew I should have done this yeah. or that. Um, that's that's definitely not the spirit of I feel like love and understanding love and marriage, and you know love calls us to patience and kindness, long suffering. Well, you said it. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> So I think it's important, again, for us to to dispel that lie because, again, the enemy would feed us something like that to chip away at our covenant, put doubts in our mind, and have us really remove our eyes from the truth of what God really shows us what, Mm. you know, what love is. Because if, you know, if if our idea of love was based on what the other person does, like, God, Jesus never would have come for us, right? Like, we we are, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us based on nothing that we've done, you know, it's a gift. Salvation is a gift. So you're, I see what you did there. You've actually wrapped in another question I and mean, it's good. It's good. I'm glad you did because the other, the, uh, sorry, the other lie is that my spouse should always make me happy. And you said that basically this idea that the person is your soulmate based on whether or not he or she makes you happy is, has two false premises. Isn't mm-hmm. that is the soulmate premise, which is, it's a myth in mm-hmm. the worldly sense, but also happiness in the sense that it's just something that is it, like true joy in growth, you said love, love is long suffering, but we know that love leads to truer, deeper joy, which mm. happiness, happiness is a symptom of joy. Mm. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. Happiness is a state of feeling, feeling it, mm. feeling elated, feeling pleasant, feeling like there's no conflict, all is right okay. in the world. Uh, but joy is a deep sense that no matter what happened, what no matter what's happening in the world around me, I have a my I'm rooted in the goodness and grace of God, mm. regardless of the storm that I'm enduring right now. And so I think that's really good. I, I think anytime there's growth, anytime there's growth, there's discomfort. And I don't mm-hmm. want, I wanted to say pain, but that's not the right word. There's discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. Anytime you've, you've gone to the gym and you've been sore, it's because you've worked hard and you're growing. Anytime you've done something intellectually stretching and hard, it's been really challenging. It's been very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but the output is always where you feel like you've grown. You mm-hmm. feel like you've created something that's, that's new and it's, it's something that is, uh, it's got kind of your blood and sweat in mm-hmm. it. Uh, Raising babies is not easy. It takes, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's extremely worthwhile and it, yes. it makes you grow. They grow, you know, actually growing a child is not a comfortable, I wouldn't know personally, but I've heard <laughs> being pregnant is generally, you know, kind of uncomfortable at times. Other times it's more comfortable than others. Um, yeah. So I've heard. So I've heard. <laughs> I've never, <laughs> so anyway, I just I, I love that you kind of wrap that in there because uh, it's again these are lies we believe and the truths that dispel them are ten times, twenty times, a hundred times more powerful right. in actually um, enacting change in our marriage. Yeah, so, and yeah. It, you know, it really breaks down to understanding words and understanding their meanings and understanding hmm. what the what God's word was intended for, right? Because you just, I love how you said happiness and joy are not the same things. And love, how we define it, and like how, excuse me, how maybe culture or society might define it in a worldly sense versus how yeah. we as Christians and believers of God's word, how we define it are very different. They, I would say they're almost opposite yeah. in that 
the world's idea of love is very self-serving, whereas the God's biblical instruction for love is very selfless and it requires so much more of us. And Mm. we just think it's these happy emotions. Right. And so understanding truth again, it's, it feels kind of hard at first, but the more you lean into it, I feel like the more we understand it, the more life it brings Mm. uh, to those areas of, of maybe darkness or again, lies and death that we're kind of falling into. That, I think it segues perfectly into another lie that we want to talk about. And it's this idea that we should avoid conflict. Hmm. So yep. conflict Anybody, is bad. What are those, what are the personalities that don't want to deal with conflict? Are oh, conflict averse uh, or yeah. <laughs> people yeah. that, I know that, I know it. Peacemakers, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Peace or peacekeepers, should, yeah. Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I used to be one. I think I, <laughs> I used to not like conflict. I don't like conflict in other relationships, I can, I've gotten more comfortable with conflict, I think, in our marriage because yeah. it's, I think, you know, when we were newly married, I don't know if we had as many conflicts, but we didn't know how to really like deal with them necessarily. Yeah. Right. Well, you don't have to see, you don't have to like conflict to see the value in conflict, yeah, I think is go. what you're saying there is that go. it's, I think the lie is that you should avoid conflict. It's bad. If anyone's upset, it's bad, but it's just smooth it over. Right. Uh, it doesn't really a have times, a role in making our marriage stronger, right? right? It's not productive. It's actually probably hurting our marriage. Mm-hmm. One of the things we talked about is the the difference between being a peacekeeper and being a peacemaker, mm. right? Peacekeeping is is like on your heels, kind of a reaction, a reaction to mm-hmm. a non peaceful scenario, meaning that you just you want to just enable p- peace. And I use the word enable intentionally because yeah. a lot of times you're enabling sin in that case. Now there are times when you just need to come in and just kind of like smooth the waters. But Jesus was a peacemaker. He was not a peacekeeper. If you think about it, like he went to the table, turned over, he went into the temple, turned over tables. Right. He called out the Pharisees. He called out uh, people in their sin. He did speaking, a lot of very uncomfortable things. Right. He didn't keep the peace, but he made peace. Through bringing truth. Through I feel like. bringing truth. Yes. Thank you, you, my beautiful, wise wife. <laughs> you, you brought me around. So, yeah, so making peace is different from keeping peace. So, when we talk about conflict, our role is to be peacemakers, and we have to understand that peace is deep. Mm. Peace is deep. It's not just this, this circumstance here and now. Peace is an underlying, it's an undercurrent mm-hmm. of your life, it is the bedrock of your of your foundation um and it's not something that's just oh we got to get we got to be comfortable now we got to fix the situation now right. you realize that hey discomfort now i don't like it it's uncomfortable but it's worth it because making peace is true peace deep peace comes with work and conflict a lot of times in within a biblical framework mm-hmm. conflict will get you there right i think i think conflict we overlook it too too many times we want to just run away from it deny it or distract ourselves from it, right? And so conflict, I think we need to embrace it in some ways and understand that it's it's symptoms of what is needing to be sanctified out of us. Hmm. And that's a hard thing to, to hear and to say and to swallow, right? It's just a hard, hard thing. But I think that when we remind ourselves, like you said, about the peace of God that Jesus talks about, um, he says, peace I leave you, peace not like the world gives, but I give unto you. Yeah. And so that peace is, like you said, it's that underlying current that no matter what's happening around us, we still have the peace of Christ reigning in our hearts. And I want to say to those of, you know, conflicts look different, right? There are big, major conflicts that some of us might be dealing with and or there might be some smaller like day-to-day conflicts that we're dealing with. Man. Let that peace, (laughs) let that peace and truth reign. Go like get God's word in your heart. Allow the truth to really... Um, 
just reign in that area of, of, of darkness, of hurt, of pain, because again, truth is going to bring life. Truth is going to bring mm. peace, I think, deeper. And it's going to bring reconciliation, which is what we want ultimately, but it just may not be in the timing yeah. um, that we're thinking. And again, if you have really humongous conflicts that you feel like you're dealing with, n- don't just, you know. That's good. You need to get some, maybe think about considering get some counseling yeah. or some pastoral care. Well, that, that's, I think, good kind of blanket advice if you're going through a really tough thing. And we'll get to the, I think you've just alluded to two more lies. I love that. I don't even know if you realized it, but so, on the peace so thing. Cool. I don't even know. <laughs> on the peace thing, uh, I was thinking this morning, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your understanding. That's one of those, like, if you've been in the church, you've heard that. But, like, trusting in the Lord with all your heart, that is the taking mm-hmm. what you were saying about Jesus in John fourteen twenty seven, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm-hmm. I think that's how that verse wraps up. I think so. So that's taking trust, trusting the Lord with all your heart is taking on that peace, even if you don't feel it, right? Because so we, we, we in our culture, and I do this and you, you do this too, is we, so often we say that if it's, if the truth is not aligned with our feeling, then, then our, then our truth, the truth isn't true. Yeah. As opposed to why question the truth? You should question your feeling. You should question the emotion and say that soul, like soul, why are you downcast within me? As the psalmist said, why are you downcast? Not why is this truth wrong, but why are you downcast? You have peace. You have joy in the Holy Spirit. You have peace in the Mm. power of Christ. Feel it. (laughs) Right. Feel it. And if you don't feel it, then I'm just going to trust it's there. And I'm going to ignore you feelings until you come around (laughs) and I'm going to trust God's word. And that takes maturity that I think. I mean, we always have to We're fight for it. always fighting for always. it. Yeah, I'm learning and growing in it. So the questions that I think you alluded to is these two things. So you talked about a big kind of if you have a big schism in your marriage. I had to use that word schism. Chasm? <laughs> schism. Nope. Okay. It's, it's like What's a, a schism, Ryan? <laughs> it's like a fracture. It's like a fracture in your marriage. Okay. So word power, you know. You got to know the words. I think you're making things up, but <laughs> no. that's fine. Hey, hey, listener, if you're listening to this, email us. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> and confirm that. I'm just going to Google it, actually. Never mind. Schism is a word. S-C-H-I-S-M. Anyway. I don't even know how to spell it. Or it's Z- Definitely not a word. Z-M or S-M. Anyway, so if you have... Z-S-M. <laughs> S-Z-C-H-S. You're so cool. I-C-S-M. Didn't even know it. But you do. But you do, yeah. That's kind of how I felt, I think, at that moment. So, a couple moments back. So, <laughs> and you smell like what I imagine Pierce Brosnan smells like. <laughs> Not you, but you know. Ryan. Uh, more of the office quotes here. So, th- back on track here. You're the one getting off track today. So, you talk about avoiding conflict, but if, a lot of times, if there's two kind of versions of this, your conflict, you have big, deep conflicts, then you have kind of ongoing, nagging conflicts, mm-hmm. frustrations. Things that are more or less kind of surface. And then there's the stuff that's going on under the surface. Like these ideas that maybe you're not the right spouse for me Mm. or uh, you have a big trust issue that's been broken. Mm -hmm. So there's two lies that we believe that enable this type of um, belief as well. So the first lie is that God's word is true, but I can't really trust him with this. Mm. And you fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This blank area. God's word is true, right? So you, as a, you're listening to this, you probably believe God's word is true, but I can't really trust him with this. A lot of times we see this with people who are really, really unhappy in their marriage mm-hmm. or they're really hurting and they just haven't found peace yet with that. They haven't found peace with, they haven't reconciled um, their situation which with the, with the truth they want to believe in God's mm-hmm. word. 
And in reality, I think they are um, maybe tr- creating a different truth that's that is alternative, an alternate truth mm. to God's word. Like if you said, you know, a covenant of marriage is not meant to be easily broken, right? So if you're going through a hard marriage, you say, oh, it's, you come up with X, Y, and Z mm. excuse. Mm-hmm. Do you really believe that God yeah. wants you to be married? Do you believe that he has joined you two as one flesh? Do you right. believe that he will make all things new and that even if even if in this life you don't find the resolution and the outcome that you want do you even do you believe that it will be for your ultimate eternal good to obey him so hard. in this Those area are big questions so weighty yeah weighty questions it's easy to say that when your marriage is in a good spot when right. you are in a really bad spot it's it's hard to believe that and mm-hmm. that's why we always say go to get help go to a counselor get people to walk alongside you to speak truth to yes. advocate for your marriage and to fight for your marriage, not to just, you know. About their own opinions and yes. agendas. So that's the big truth. And then the, the for the big kind of, if you're going through a big schism. There it is. <laughs> uh, I, I really do hope that's a word. You made me doubt myself. <laughs> I feel like it's like chasm. But uh, and then the, se- the, the kind of the more, uh, I think, surfacey version of that is that you believe uh, – it's your responsibility to change your spouse, mm. right? Uh-oh. So if you have some sort of weird behavior that is annoying to me, uh, I'm. Are you speaking <laughs> from experience? I'm just or... waiting, for, waiting for you to jump in. I just the smudgeness is coming. I can hear it. <laughs> oh, just yep, <laughs> just boiling a little bit. It'll come. And by the way, I know it's smugness. Schism. I'm quoting the office. Schism. S C H I S M. A split or division between strongly opposed sections or parties caused by difference in opinion or belief. Okay, well, I'll take it. Pretty, <laughs> take you're pretty it. right. Pretty right. Pretty right's all right. <laughs> so, th- so this lie. Go back to this lie that it's <laughs> lies and truth that just <laughs> does not go well. <laughs> this lie that it's my responsibility to change my spouse. So, okay, there's there's layers to this. Yes. Right. So, if you are, um, let's see. I'll use my I'll I'll use myself as an example. If, Best example. If I, for example, I don't know how to take showers and wear deodorant and and show up in public without embarrassing you, <laughs> I think maybe it's a little bit your responsibility to to like help me. Like if I'm oblivious to that, right. it's also obviously my responsibility to fix that as a human being. As a <laughs> as a decent human being, uh, <laughs> I, it's my it's my responsibility to grow yes. in, in that area. And it's and a spouse can play a role in helping those types mm-hmm. of kind of behaviors. But in terms of like he doesn't want to go to church and, mm. and he doesn't believe God is. He doesn't want to read the Bible with me. He doesn't want to talk about the things of God. Yeah. He's not interested. Yeah. And that, so a lot of wives are husbands. I've seen both yeah. sides. It's yeah. not just one She's or the not other. leading our family. Mm-hmm. She's not responding to, or she's crazy and, you know, making things up about me. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> Why is that funny? Well, because that's. I feel I like that's that, like the like the most cop out thing for a, for a husband to say about his she's wife. Crazy. Like, oh, she's just crazy. No. Like, oh, yeah, good job understanding no. why she's upset, buddy. <laughs> I bet she's actually not crazy. I bet she's probably got a reason for this. Maybe you say things like that too yeah, much. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> or maybe you are crazy. I don't know. <laughs> oh. No, but you know, there's there's things that a wife probably experiences um, where she's you know feeling like she is responsible to change her husband like mm-hmm. he's not leaving our family so i need to usurp i need to take control i need to make sure that our spiritual the growth and spiritual health of our family mm. is intact wow you used the word usurp uh-huh. which is intentionally I, yeah no it's i wanted to make sure it was i think you you didn't say it's it loud in Genesis. enough usurp <laughs> usurper <laughs> i think it's important to mention that because that 
that tendency for a wife to think that and there's a husband there's a husband version yes. of this as well yes but we'll just focus on on <laughs> you for now <laughs> but like that tendency says i don't believe that headship and like and submission not in the not in the sense that you want to email me angrily about but submission in the sense of it's a it's a loving representation of the gospel mm-hmm. it's a beautiful representation of the gospel and in that sense that you're maybe believing that headship is not god designed that i as, At as least a not wife, in this case. Not in, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, once you get case to once case. he gets gets his beep beep together. <laughs> yeah. Then <laughs> beep beep. Once, once you get your beep beep, I should have said one beep. <laughs> once you get to this blank together, how's that? Then I will su- gladly submit to mm. his headship. And uh, you know that there's a version of this. You never want to go against your conscience. Go against scripture. Go against God's word, in the name of submission and headship. Right. Mm. But there are lots of, there's lots of gray area there. And I think over, overwhelmingly, the lie that is believed is that he, when he's worthy of respect, then, then I'll give it to him. Mm. Okay. But there's a lot of wives right now that are cringing. (laughs) Hang on, ladies. (laughs) Hang on. So there are instant, the the husband counterpart to this is that my wife just needs to just submit to me and I need to make her do that. Or I need to... Uh, domineer in a way that's not loving or Christ-like in any way. And in other words, I need to sin and I need to do and, and basically reinforce what you've already, what I've just been saying. Or right. I guess. Lord, is, like Lord, right. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Yes. And that's like, that'd be a sin of, uh, of aggression is mm-hmm. what I think Grudem calls that. And, and we talks about complementarianism. Mm-hmm. There's sins of aggression, uh, like domineering leadership, unkind leadership, harsh mm-hmm. leadership on the male side. On the female side, it would be uh, usurping um, leadership, mm-hmm. usurping headship. Then there's also sins of of uh, passiveness, right? Mm. As a husband, I might just be like, I don't care. Like, I don't care about our family. I just want to play video games and like surf the internet. <laughs> Leave me alone. You have your life. I have mine. Yeah. And the wife is just starving because she has no affection. She has no connection. And the same goes on the other side as Mm -hmm. well. And that the, 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 I think the sin of passivity on the wife's side is to be a doormat. When you have a husband Mm -hmm. who's just domineering, the wife doesn't actually speak up for the sake of sanctifying Mm -hmm. that conflict, peacemaking, not peacekeeping. Mm -hmm. She doesn't speak up in those cases. And then this husband is just, he's just living in sin. And and the wife is relegating her responsibility to be a helper, to be somebody who walks side by side and Mm -hmm. not just behind by three steps to her husband. Right. And again, it it falls back to understanding God's definition of of love, the purposes of marriage, Mm, um, the whole design for covenant. You know, all of this emphasizes why, you know, our behaviors should flow out of, you know, again, ultimately the gospel and what Christ has done. Now he gave up his own life for us. And the truth there is that when we get married, we are giving Mm. up our lives. And that's a hard thing to say. I'm like hesitating saying it because I'm like, whoa, I think I, of course, I still struggle with that. I still struggle that I'm giving up, you know, part of me or my time or whatever, which is kind of the next slide that um, we'll jump into real quick is that what I do on my Mm. own time (laughs) won't affect my marriage. And I think we got to define this sentence a little bit. So your own time, you don't really have your own time anymore. You're married, but time away from your spouse or the time that you are maybe not together uh, may feel like your own time. But when we're talking about my, what I do on my own time, it's kind of those darker areas, less transparent. You're not very ambiguous. Um, Right. 
I would say you don't have your own time, but you can have alone time. <laughs> there it is. There it is. No marketing <laughs> mind. You don't have your own time, but you have alone time. And I think that, but that even can in be your, healthy. Even in your alone time, it's like, I know what's happening, right? Yes, yes. And that's the other part of the lies. It won't affect my marriage. Right. And what kind of insane person thinks be that? Be kind, be kind. <laughs> you're, 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 if you're, you're not single anymore, you, you have, you have, you're a one flesh Right. But I think there's a lot of gray areas in the day to day that happen. Right. Oh, it's fine. Like if I'm on Facebook for, you know, whatever amount of time and I'm not, I don't know. I haven't read my Bible. I don't know. <laughs> I just sometimes you're, I feel, am I getting I have too a good gray? Example. Okay. No, you, I, 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 I just, I, I think I your think it's examples a are way better than no, mine no, no, usually. No, <laughs> yours are fine. I just no. I have a really clear one. Go. And it's that I remember when we were first married, mm-hmm. I had this thing. I wanted to have a motorcycle and drive it and all that kind of stuff. And it was not that expensive and it would have been easy to get the certification and drive this motorcycle. We live in a pretty rainy part of the country. So you would only, it doesn't make a lot of sense economically because you'd only drive it three months out of the year. Maybe. Uh, and for you, that was a, that was a struggle. You said, I'm just, I'm concerned for your safety mm-hmm. and some wives are okay with it. Some aren't a lot aren't motorcycles are insane. They're very dangerous. There's <laughs> data. So many people die riding motorcycles every year. Do not email me and argue that point. <laughs> it's empirical. I think that's the right word. <laughs> anyway, there's data for it. And I remember thinking, man, why can't she just let me get this? I mean, I can do it. If I just save up the money, I can do it. And then she can just deal with it. Well, I can tell you. If I that, save up the money, incl- implies that you have your own money and that we don't share money. That's the same attitude. Yes. That's the same attitude behind <laughs> exactly. this, this lie. But the, the, the bottom line is that that affects her because if I do get hurt and say I end up tragically end up, you know, getting paralyzed mm-hmm. or I end up something or I die or I just get maybe a head injury or even just a minor injury. Yeah. That's going to affect our lives together. Yeah. That's going to affect my wife. And I think that's a really, to me, that's a potent example of how almost everything you could do as a single man, mm-hmm. in some way, how that thing, how the outcome of that thing will inevitably affect your wife right. and it's, your family. It, it really is the approach. Like what that whole, what I do on my own time won't affect my marriage. I mean, that's, that's a heart, that's a heart um, issue right there. Right. So it's not. Whatever you do and whatever you're sowing your your time and your seed and your life into, like that's gonna that is what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna come to fruition. You <clears throat> I just think on a more like on a lower scale of, you know, oh I watch Netflix at night for two hours and I didn't read mm. my Bible, right? Or I didn't I'm wow. just doing that. Like I, I I claim that like and this has happened to me. I'll wake up the next day and I'll be like, I'm so tired. And you're like, Oh, did you do you not sleep well? I was like, well, no, I stayed up too late. Like, that's what happens. (laughs) Just watching whatever. uh... Well, you know, when you get to the end of a season and you're just, you shouldn't start seasons at like nine o'clock at night. (laughs) Not start. You shouldn't end seasons because you get three episodes to the end and then you're like, Oh, I gotta watch I'm just the rest three of hours it. away. Yeah. I might as well finish. It. Yes, and it's like you finally have this like moment of peace and quiet sometimes. And typically, I try to read, but you know, occasionally you get on the Netflix kick and whatnot. And so I'm, that's what I'm saying is like, oh, it won't really affect me. But then the next day you get up, you're exhausted, hmm. your patience is gone, you have no capacity to really like communicate well, and you did all this for what, <laughs> really, right? To find out what happened, <laughs> right? And, and it's and, really like kind of it's a selfish ambition, right? It's, right. And I just want to have a conversation, and I. Just want to talk to you and want to feel loved and you just all you care about is my body when you're tired (laughs) all right anyways and you just i just want to snuggle and you won't just anyway oh dave Um, anyway yeah so i I think that's a great example actually it's very tangible 
uh, and I think it, a lot of times will affect, like you said, yeah, just you affects up in the morning. our hearts and our minds and the peace that we're able to have. And, you know, Philippians 2, 3 talks about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in mm. humility, c- count others more significant than yourselves. And so that's, a, again, the Bible governing our hearts and being the authority. It's not, it's not like, oh gosh, I'm failing at doing nothing. I'm, I'm so selfish, right? I'm so selfish. But it's like when we look to Jesus and his selflessness, mm. we can come and, and, you know, see ourselves and understand like the depth of our sin, but experience his grace in that. And mm. from there is when we are able to, I think, really start understanding truth and really start leaning into truth yeah. and knowing what truth is and just how selfish we are, but how selfless he is and how gracious and loving and kind and ambitious he is for our souls, right? That's awesome. You're awesome. Thank you. That's <laughs> I, I, So moving on, <laughs> I want to, I have two more, two questions I want to kind of wrap together for the sake of time. Two questions or two lies? Sorry, I keep saying that. Two lies that we believe. Mm-hmm. I, I think they kind of play into each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when we have problems, we should figure them out on our own and save face, or we should go and figure it, like figure it out our, on our own. In the sense, I'm going to go research this online, mm-hmm. come up with the answers, and we'll just work through it mm-hmm. alone. That's the key. Either I'll mm-hmm. work through it alone as a husband, or we'll work through it alone as a couple. Um, and then the other, the other kind of the way this plays into it is uh, the other lie that we listen to is that uh, a great marriage doesn't take work. Mm-hmm. So what? I think that's funny you say that. Like, of course we know it takes work. People listening to this say, of course, good marriage takes work. But do we really believe that? I didn't believe that going into our marriage. And call it like young, naive Selena. But, you know, you kind of have this ideal about marriage. That you're going to get married. You're going to live together. You're going to share things. You're going to be happy. Like, there's never... I mean, there'll be conflict, sure. But we'll get through that. But it's just going to be happy. Right. right? It's just going to be fun. I'm going to live with my best friend. It's going to be great. We're not going to have any worries. (laughs) We'll both have jobs. We'll both be contributing to society and it'll be just (laughs) fine. And we won't have to work at it because we're best friends. Like we just are, we're good together. Right. Right. And you think it's going to be like, there's versions of conflict that you kind of envision that you're like, oh yeah, we'll just get through it. But when conflict really, like really, when rubber Rubber really meets meets the the road road, and you are frustrated Mm -hmm. and you do not want to apologize, you do not want to sit and talk some more. Mm. You do not want to handle it in a healthy, godly way. You'd rather just blow up and, you know, take low blows verbally in terms of, you know, Mm -hmm. you're always like this or you're just like your mother Mm -hmm. and all this different stuff. That's the work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times couples... They say, oh, yeah, marriage takes work. It's hard. You know, he likes his toilet paper on the top. I like it rolled over the bottom. (laughs) It's hard, but we get through it. (laughs) I know that's... Those are not real issues, people. (laughs) I mean, they are, but... (laughs) Or, you know, it's so silly. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to spend money on this thing, and I want to spend money on this thing. And, oh, it's hard. We came to an agreement, but we're good. No, like, the real work is when you want to quit. Yeah. Is yeah. if you've ever done the workouts where you just you you feel like you're gonna puke and you've got three minutes left, and that's where the real work is. It's yeah. the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst, and that's the kind of work that people really. I think the lie we believe is that that kind of work should never happen. Right, and if it does have to happen, we should do it on our own. Right, we should yes. just be sweat <laughs> sweaty messes on our own. When really, I think that's when we we need community the most is yes. to to cheer us on and to come around us and say, it's, I know this is hard. I know you don't want to do this. I know that you guys do not want to keep trying to make this work, but, mm. but we, 
you it you will this will walk through it with you we're going to help you you know have the conversations we're going to pray for you we're going to sit with you in the uncomfortableness of it all we're going to hold fast to god's word no matter what we feel we're going to mm, believe yeah. this truth and cling to it and it's in those like those last few minutes that it's like yes the work is happening we are doing it and god is faithful he always shows up he always his word is it never comes back void and yeah. sometimes a lot well most of the time it's our hearts coming to to that truth and to him rather than you know it's not like his truth wasn't always alive there it's just us yeah understanding it and the holy spirit working it out in our hearts that's really good if we think about language in scripture about sanctification uh we we see like pretty vivid pictures mm-hmm. of like the potter's hands right molding and that that's kind of more the, one of the more like comfort evoking ones mm-hmm. but then there's like the refiner's fire mm-hmm. fire is hot <laughs> hot enough to melt metal apparently mm-hmm. and melt out the impurities um, there's the, the iron sharpening iron mm. hitting impact, uh, kinetic energy mm. being released to create an end and <laughs> an end product, mm-hmm. a sharper piece of iron. Right. And I know there's a, then there's also like the wedding stone, which is a different thing, uh, that would sharpen tools as well. And that's part of scripture mm-hmm. in that same passage. Uh, anytime there's growth, it's, it's very hard and it, and it's, and it's it's unnatural to do it like our flesh is warring against our yeah. our yeah. spirit in that sense and going through community going through it with community i should say godly community yeah. is so crucial because they're the ones that are going to be there to hold you up when you just feel like you're collapsing right. or they're the, they're going to be the ones that are speaking truth into your lie into your ears louder than the lies are mm. speaking into your heart and they're the gauges sometimes to help yeah. keep you on track when you are like, I don't know up from down right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know left from right. And they're saying, here are the gauges. Here's what we're going to do. And you're not going to be alone. And we're going to we're gonna walk through this with you together. It's like Jesus. They say, we have a high priest who knows our suffering, right? Mm. He's walked yeah. with us. He knows the pain and the, the conflict and the lies. I mean, he was tempted in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> and he dispelled all all of them. I, um, we have, I mean, there's so many stories of this that we've heard. You talk to any old couple who's walked through a a hard time Mm -hmm. and they can, and if they've made it through and they've fought through it and they've stood through it together, they're always going to say that was horrible, but we're better for it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times there's going to be a voice in their ear that's helping them. We, uh, we, we've been privileged to be a part of a few different, um, relationships that Mm -hmm. have been in a really hard spot. Probably the hardest spots that marriage should ever be in. Yeah, you couldn't script harder spots in in a lot of cases. You couldn't create a harder scenario Mm -hmm. for a marriage to go through Mm -hmm. in some of these cases. And I remember just sitting with with the husbands in some cases and just being like, trust, trust, trust that God is good. Trust that his design can withstand this. Mm -hmm. Trust it. Just don't don't bail on it. Don't jump ship. Mm -hmm. Don't quit. Don't lay down and die. Trust that God's word is true in this hard thing. And I will be that voice to tell you as long as you'll let me Mm. is I will just tell you and I will hold you up, brother, and I will walk Mm. alongside you Mm -hmm. and I will encourage you. I will, I will not, I I won't let you, I will never say it's okay to quit on this. Mm. (laughs) Just know that Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, their marriage and their Mm -hmm. relationship and that type of encouragement. I just want listener, if you're in that spot and you're hearing that right now, 
those words are for you, mm-hmm. husband or wife. If, if, if you're in a hard spot and you feel like you're not going to get through it, trust God's word. Trust that his design for marriage is strong enough mm-hmm. that his covenantal character, as reflected in the covenant of marriage, is strong enough to hold you up and hold mm-hmm. you together during this time. And trust that his good purposes, whether you see them here or not, mm-hmm. his good purposes are alive and well, and he's fighting for you mm-hmm. through this. And just pray, get into community, mm-hmm. and trust. And if you are on the other side of that, you are the community that is surrounding these people, just be confident in God's word and be confident in the truth that you're you're mm-hmm. reminding yeah. your friends of, right? And And be assured in that. I think for me personally, I tend to waver when I want to encourage and I don't really always know if this is helpful. Um, I would say don't worry about their response. Just know that they're hearing you and be that assurance as much as you can for them saying like, this is where we stand. This is how we're going to help you. This, we're not going anywhere, you know, just reiterating that steadfastness and that Mm -hmm. love and perseverance through that. So I don't know if we should take on another question. I feel like that was a pretty good, uh, well, there's one more that I think okay. is would be helpful for okay. people, and yeah. it's fast, and it's this last one, yeah. is the lie that we believe sometimes is that my past has no impact on my marriage. Mm. And the reason I want to talk about that is I think it's pretty quick to say, yes, your past does impact your marriage. <laughs> like, that's the truth. <laughs> yeah. And But I, what I want to do is is add some texture to that and some color to that in the sense that a lot we didn't even realize this, that our families of origin, if you go back into the podcast archives, we have our family of origin episodes. Mm-hmm. We did my story, and then Selena shared her story. I don't know if it was in that order or not. I think it was me because I cried. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. It was an emotional experience that I was not expecting. (laughs) Well, and that, honestly, it kind of came out of and continued a conversation that we were having about families of origin and how our past was really shaping how we treated each other, how we communicate through things, how we fight poorly or fight well. Mm -hmm. I mean, in so many different ways, it impacts... Uh, our lives. Also, not just your family of origin, but past experiences. So we're writing a book right now. It's I think the working title is going to be See Through. And the whole point of it is this idea of being fully known and fully loved. Mm-hmm. Part of being fully known is there's a Christian value in self-awareness, mm-hmm. right? Not just navel-gazing in the sense that I just want to get better. I'm looking inward to get better or, or I'm looking to, to fix all these things, but really I'm looking outward to, to God mm-hmm. and seeing myself transparently mm-hmm. how he's created me, my past, my, how I'm wired as a person, personality wise, my family of origin, all that kind of stuff. Part of that, that's the first step in really having a healthy, transparent marriage is, right. is, is being able to take a personal inventory like that. So, um, well, and I think yeah. when we know, when we're, when we're aware of our weaknesses, we're so much more, um, I don't know what the right word is, but we're so much more accepting and willing and ready God's truth just becomes more powerful, I think, in those areas. I'm not saying God's truth isn't powerful in the areas of where we're strong or where we feel like maybe our strengths and talents lie. But in that case, it's like we know that God gave them to us and we're grateful. But in our weaknesses, mm-hmm. that the Bible says in our weakness, like he is strong, right? And that's yeah. where we really see God shine. And so if you don't think you're weak, you're not really going to see God shine anywhere, right? Yeah. But when we understand wow. our weaknesses and, our, and the drawbacks of who we are, um, I think we're better able to see to see God in all of that. Quick example is when we, we went through this as a married couple. So I got to kind of see the before and after and the evolution therein. Uh, but when we were first married, I think it was probably our third year of marriage. You had a job with a really difficult boss mm-hmm. at an engineering firm. 
it was very he was a very manipulative mean spirited person mm-hmm. you didn't realize it until it was kind of too late and then finally there ended up you ended up quitting and i ended up having to confront this guy that was really awkward <laughs> i was like good you don't talk to my wife like good that chivalrous husband. yeah well I, I did what i thought i had to do and i think it was fruitless but it made you feel loved right yeah. uh but anyway there that left some real damage i think yeah. in our marriage in the sense that you had a different view of men and it wasn't like this, you know, radical feminism type no, thing. No, it was always, there's something you're trying to get from me. <laughs> yeah, but you, but, and you ended up being a lot more kind of, that's, I think, where you got most of your saltiness that I talk about <laughs> was during that season. And I, I've come to love it and appreciate it because it's, it's not so salty anymore. <laughs> the saltiness. <laughs> Salty You've lost some of sweet. your saltiness. Yeah, the sweetness is, is come back. <laughs> but had we not been married during that time. Yeah. And say we started, we were dating or we had, I, I, we started dating after that time that, that, that has affected your view of a husband or view of kind of just conflict in general, your Mm -hmm. view of disagreement, your view of what people think of you and what they say versus what they don't say. Mm -hmm. And so what I think they're saying when what they're really saying is not what they're saying. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And so, and so that's, I think an example of knowing how your past is impacting your marriage. Um, and so it goes back to your family when you were a baby, but also kind of just your past yeah. leading up to today, really right. any past leading up to today. So and yeah. W- sorry, with that too, I think there's, you know, there's always a call to transparency and maybe, you know, not saying you need to dig up every mistake and everything you've done in your past, but if you do feel like the Holy Spirit is prompting you to share something with your spouse, um, because maybe you're seeing how it's affecting your marriage today and, and maybe your spouse feels in the dark about something or maybe there's just some disconnect. Um, definitely figure out, like, take some time to think about and pray about how to have that conversation, about how to address, um, you know, what you feel like might be happening. And um, just don't, I guess just listen to the Holy Spirit and be prompted by that and know that there's probably some reconciliation that needs to happen. There's going to yeah. be a bit of a journey to go That's on good. there. So. so I think that'd be our couples conversation challenge, right? Yeah. And just maybe think through um, one or two of these lies that maybe popped out to you. Mm. And maybe just if you're listening to this by yourself, uh, bring it to your husband or your wife mm. and just say, hey, I listened to this podcast episode today. Mm-hmm. They talked about lies we believe. This one really jumped out at me as something that maybe I believe personally. Um, and don't definitely don't say like, this is a lie that you're believing you <laughs> not the best way to start yeah. a, a conversation, but it's more disarming just to be like, Hey, I, I was reflecting on this and I just would love to hear your thoughts on yeah. it. And can we talk maybe over dinner or whatever, uh, have that conversation. And then if, if need be, or if you feel led, maybe talk about a few other, these lies and maybe how you can be more transparent and, mm. and gospeling each other, as we say, and just reminding each other of these truths mm. that are, we have in the gospel. So, so good. I think that's it. I think we'll call it an episode. What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds All right. Good. So with that said, um, if you're looking for a way to grow together, we do have um, some resources. Just check those out. Go to shop.fiercemarriage.com or just go to fiercemarriage.com. You'll see links everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have d- devotionals that will help couples grow together. Um, yeah. If anything has kind of uh, jumped out at you and you have questions, you can ask those and we encourage that. So periodically we'll answer questions on the podcast. You can go to fiercemarriage.com slash podcast to find the phone number and button. The phone number for quick reference is 971-333-1120. Call or text that number. If you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast with your friends. That's how these things get out. So mm-hmm. we'd appreciate you doing those three things. Mm-hmm. Finally, Selena, you were going to talk about Patreon a little bit. 
I was? Yeah, what's Patreon? <laughs> How can people be a part of it? You talked about it at the beginning, <laughs> but in case you missed it, Patreon is a way for creatives like us. <laughs> You're not I'm trying even to there. think about what you say. Creatives like us to partner with with you to be supported just directly uh to keep our space kind of ad free but um you know if you're on mission with fierce marriage which is to equip couples <laughs> point couples to point Christ. couples to oh christ my <laughs> I, there's a lot of things is that I even have. our mission is it really even our mission i have a lot of things it? to remember during the day oh, okay, okay? okay. <laughs> so <laughs> if things are not in front of me it's hard for me to remember <laughs> point couples to christ and commission uh couples for the gospel Nope. Marriages for the gospel. I think you know. There th- it is. Maybe maybe the thousand times I've said that. Why don't you do enough. Patreon then? <laughs> maybe I should do it a thousand and one times. Maybe maybe on the one thousand and second. There's the smudgeness. <laughs> yeah. So Patreon, we, we're giving away free books right now. I think we got like thirty oh, more we still sets. Have more. Nice. Thirty more sets. All right. Oh, Go to Patreon.com/slash/FierceMarriage. Join at the five dollar a month level or more, and you will get access to a code that and your email will be added to the database that allows you to get a free pair of books so two books for free see i don't know all this stuff you just write things on the board that i'm supposed to say willy-nilly and i don't know where (laughs) where we're at where we're going or what we're saying so i need a map and as i said before a map is just as important as the treasure i just wish you would let me lead you in this Hmm? i just wish you'd let me lead you (laughs) I'm going to pray. And not be such a usurping wife. I'm going to pray. Scorpion woman! (laughs) You can pray. Why don't you pray as the head of our household? I'm just furious right now. How can I possibly pray? Why don't you lead the spiritual (laughs) walk here? (laughs) Uh, Submit those feelings to truth. That's passive. Submit those feelings. Submit those feelings to truth. All right. (laughs) Emotions are not king. Uh, Thank you. Your axioms are (laughs) life-changing. They're life-changing for me. Not cliche at all. Anyway... Jesus, we love you. Thank you for humor. Thank you that we can laugh together. I also thank you for your truth more than anything. You've given us your word and you've shown us in your life, um, Jesus, what it means to walk uh, in the light and to be to trust you, God, with the, the truth that your word has given us. I pray that these lies would just be dispelled in our own lives, but also the lives of listeners of this podcast. I pray that um, you would give enable them to not only identify those truths or those lies, but also to root them out and embolden them to believe truths over the lies. And I pray in that you would make them healthier as marriages and you would um, uh, you would equip them more fully mm. to carry out the mission that you've given them as a married couple, Lord. Mm. Thank you so much for this time. God, you are always good. Your grace is thick and I wouldn't have it any other way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Good prayer, babe. All right, ladies and gents, this episode is... In the can. <laughs> <laughs> Your face kills me. <laughs> I am all business right now. That's my cue. It's time to go get some lunch. All right, guys. (laughs) We will see you in about seven days. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.